we're here. We're fucking here, you guys. I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not even gonna be. It's the midweek war. You know why you're here. We know why we're here. It's fucking Ultima Lucha. First of all, where the fuck is season two? I want it now. I want it in my face. I want it in my eye holes. I want it in my ear holes. I want it in my mouth holes. I don't know how you're gonna do that, but Lucha Underground, you'll fucking do it with me. I'm Mad Mike. You know that. It says it right here. It says it right here. I'm Mad Mike. With me is Eamon. Eamon, the voice of Inspire Pro. How are you, sir? I'm so happy. Eamon, how many buckets of tears and semen exuded from your body during Ultima Lucha? Because for me, I had it at about um, 18 pints. To be honest, I, I was very still the whole time. Like, I, I was so... Like I, I was so focused on everything. Um, yeah, it was it it was it was an experience. It was such a great experience. Okay, um, Eamon, I I know we're gonna have many more words about Lutra about Ultima Lutra. What is your one word for Ultima Lutra? Uh, it, it is definitely ultimate. It, it is it is an ultimate event. So I, I think it's very fitting. Okay, my my one word, legend, wait for it, and I hope you're not in the back of Dario Cueto's truck being, getting eaten out by Matanza because it's dairy! <laughs> Legendary. <laughs> All right, um, since this is a special episode of Ultima Lucha, a special episode of Lucha Underground, we're not going to have one good from each of us this week. Guess what? We're going to have two, motherfucker, because I think it's going to be hard to think of a bads, but Eamon... What is your first bueno from Ultima Lucha? My my first and and really my my ultimate bueno. Uh, I, there's a lot of great stuff on this show, but for me, this was the the one I've been thinking about ever since it happened, and that is Cero Miedo. Yes, yes. I never imagined. I think if you look back at old uh, Midweek Wars. There is a prospect of there being a big blow-up match with Vampiro making his return. I remember we were used to groan about it, mm-hmm. and we used to be like, "Oh, we really don't want to see that." Good God, this match was amazing. Yeah, I mean, um, to be fair, when they first, when we first had the idea of Vampiro wrestling, I remember this because I was the one that said it. We all thought it was going to be against Conan. Yeah, and now I'd kill. For, for a tag team match with Pentagon and Vampiro versus Conan and Puma. Well, keep in mind, uh, uh, and, and Brandon Sharp pointed this out on Twitter, which is actually a really good point. Conan brought in Pentagon technically Lucha Underground mm-hmm. when he brought in all the Lucha guys. Yeah. So th- there's there's a lot of interesting stuff with that. Um, I to describe this. I'm not a guy who's against deathmatch wrestling. I get that it's a style. Um, however, I'm not really all that intrigued a lot by deathmatch wrestling because it's always like, I'm a badass. You're also a badass. Let's hit each other with stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, this match told a story. And everything elevated and it got Pentagon Jr. so fucking over. Like I, everyone loved Pentagon Jr., but now he looks like a legitimate killer. He looks mm-hmm. like a madman, um, and and it told such a beautiful story um, to where 
the violence that was involved in it was necessary and it was for a purpose. And I'm, I can, I can't think of like two death matches that, that have that do that in my opinion. Yeah. Like the only at, least, I, at least in the American, at least in American death match. The only match I can think that comes kind of close to this in terms of storytelling is McFoley and edge at WrestleMania. Yeah, and I, I guess some of Mick Foley stuff, and and you know Mick Foley would be the closest one. I w- I don't even consider Mick Foley's. I mean, so, I consider his stuff in Japan more deathmatch. Like, mm-hmm. there's, I mean, obviously stuff where had like flaming tables and stuff like that. I would consider that more towards that level. But like light tubes and thumbtacks and and fire and so much blood and and it was just brutal. Yeah, and it was just so beautiful in a sense (laughs) i mean it it was and i mean and the best part was is that it was part of a plan like it was vampiro's plan to get pentagon to this point like granted i'm still not sure how the whole saving sexy star goes in with pentagon being the master i don't quite get that aspect of it i i think from a case of from a case of maybe him having to sort of go further in a sense. Mm-hmm. I, and I can't re- I'd have to remember what match it was where, where I, was it the match where sexy star? Yeah. Sexy star beating him. Yeah. And, and Pentagon did it. So maybe it was a case of something, something involving that. Um, the I also thing I like think that. of is that maybe, um, like even though Vampiro is the master, like, at the time, it was Ian protecting his daughter's favorite That's wrestler. True. That's the only thing I'm I, thinking of. I think it is a case of Ian and Vampiro being sort of two separate things that are being drawn in two different directions. Yeah, um, like, a Har- like a Harvey Dent two-face kind of thing. Yeah, and, and I feel like this match is also the one where it's like Vampiro's back to being Vampiro. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it was, it was so brutal. The... Um, when uh, Vampire or when Vampire gets hit with the first like light two bundle, and the camera like stays on him, and and he just he just gets hit, and and he's just plain face. But then you can see the blood forming. It is the grossest slash coolest thing you can ever think of. Yeah. Um, him getting set on fire. Oh my the, god! Uh, oh, when he when he rolled around, like because you know if you see a table a flaming table spot in WWE, that fire goes out quick. That yeah. fire goes out as soon as the impact on the table is made. Not this case. Vampiro no. was still on fire as he was rolling away. And Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. And the Christ. image of, like, just the image of Pentagon bleeding, like, oh, bleeding like crazy with his mask, like, ripped oh to God. shreds. Yeah, when he like, tore the mask, I'm like, oh, shit is on it's fucking yeah. on right now it was so good but it made pentagon feel like a bigger deal now mm-hmm. like I, I i you know when season two comes i know mil Muertes is the champion spoiler alert but i mean you, if you're watching the recap you already probably got spoiled yeah. um and i know phoenix has the gift of the god title and i know that those two have a big history with each other but pentagon's gotta be the next guy like, pentagon's gotta be the next like this is the guy that like runs season two. I it'll be interesting to see where they go with it because, like, and we'll we'll get to this. We'll get to this. We'll we'll move on. We'll move on. I'll get to yeah. it. 
because we have there's a lot to unpack. Oh yeah, there's yeah, yeah. a lot to unpack. Um, my my first bueno is is Johnny Mundo, Johnny Mundo, mm. and Molina. That was literally such a surprise. That was amazing. That was amazing to me because, like, granted, the post-match stuff was what it was, you know, very standard WWE type fare, but to have Molina come out completely unexpected and help Johnny Mundo win, which I think is the right call. There were a lot of heels winning tonight. There were, yeah. There were a lot of heels winning. I think I think the only phase that won was um, uh, Phoenix. Yeah. I mean, you know, I give it to Lucha Underground. They they do not take you in the expected direction yeah. a lot of times. And, uh, but the match with Patron and Mundo was great. Uh, for like, I love Johnny. I've said it before. I love Johnny's new heel style of wrestling, and mm-hmm. and the fact that they uh, took it back over to Dario's office and threw him through the uh, the window of the door. Yeah, that was great. That was really and covered really in good. blood afterwards. It was really like like such a gruesome image. Oh yeah, uh, I, I I I know some people were kind of on the fence about like some of the ending stuff. Like with Molina, uh, like like with Alberto and Molina, I like it because they, the commentary did a great job of like like Alberto is a face in the sense the crowd loves him, but he's just as cocky and he's just as arrogant and he's just as much of a dickhead as Johnny. Mm-hmm. But just the crowd loves him. Yeah, it's almost so like yeah, Alberto he, was taking it out because he got out, like he lost a game of chess. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was, and that's really such great. a hot opener, such a hot opener. Like, it wasn't as good as last week's met one with Cage in the Mac, but still, great way to open, open Ultima Lucha. It, Definitely, and night where we're going to get a lot of like hardcore spots and stuff like that. Just a solid wrestling match from those two guys. That's the best way to open it. Mm-hmm. All right, Amen. What is your second bueno? My second bueno for this week's uh, 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 Ultima Lucha uh, would be the, the Gift of the God Seven Way. Oh. Uh, I think it was a great showcase of all seven guys, and or six guys and one girl, um, and or sorry, five guys, one girl, and Tiger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, coming, coming soon, ABC. Five guys, one girl, one Tiger. Sorry, it'll, it'll, it'll be such a hit. Um, <laughs> I, and I said before that I want Pentagon to be like the next guy for the second season two. Aerostar is fucking phenomenal, and I'm loving Aerostar Jesus. every single week. That that dive. I don't even know how he <laughs> got up there. I don't know when he got up there. I assume he had a jetpack like he did at the end of the show, and we just didn't see it. He's from space, dude. It's he it's is, amazing. He is from space. He is a guardian of the galaxy, I guess. Um yeah, that seven-way match was ridiculous. It started off a little slow, and I think mm-hmm. once everyone got their rhythm, like, um, and it was interesting to see how some how like some people got taken out, like Big Rick got taken out by Davari. Um, yeah, which and- I don't, I, I, I wasn't completely sold long. I feel like there was a promo missing that like set that up. Oh no! But did you notice what Davari said when he got in the ring? No. Okay. All right. And this is one of my favorite parts of that match. Davari had the chair in his hand, 
and Big Rick was bent over, Davari just screams, you're fired, and smashes him in the brain with it. Oh, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> I, I must have Yeah, I must have missed that part. But yeah, yeah that's, it, that, that is great. Uh, it, it was um, so fun. I'm like, because Davari, he's never really fit in in Lucha Underground, but that that was probably the his best moment of the whole season. Yeah, definitely. And, and, uh, and, and then the stuff and, with... Uh, <laughs> With Sexy Star and, and the Moth. I uh, uh, don't want to go too far ahead into the last segment, but everyone, like, we, you get such character development at the end for Marty. Uh, and, and people are like, oh, he's tied up Sexy Star and he's kidnapped her. People, like, glossed over the fact that he tied her into a cocoon. <laughs> I am you such a mark for Marty the Moth. I'm gonna make her a butterfly, and that's the weirdest thing. And I'm so interested in the moth now. I mean, I was before, but like, I'm so much more now. Um, God, it, it was it, it was really great. Uh, it was Marty such a the moth surprise. Is my everything. Mari the moth is my everything. And you know, I was wondering because Big Rick got taken out by Davari. We saw that on camera. We didn't see what happened with Sexy Star, and I was wondering where. I was wondering where she was at the finish, and the fact that they answered that was fantastic to me. I'm like, oh. Because I would have loved to see Sexy Star win the Gift of the Gods. I understand why she didn't. Especially Mm -hmm. now we have, like, we got next level championship. There's definitely a tier. There's a separation. Mm -hmm. But um, my my second point, though, is the era of death. Yes, the era of death. Um, they they are the four horsemen of the apocalypse. They hold all the gold. <laughs> and by the way, someone needs to steal that because you, you can have it. Um, by the way, if they're, if they're the four horsemen of the apocalypse, that is one sexy ass JJ John. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, Mil Muertes and Prince Puma put on a fucking baller ass match. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. Some of the stuff that they're that they're pulling out. Um, but Eamon, I th- I think you'll agree with me. The best part was that finish that literally shook the foundation of the temple. Oh yeah, the camera work on it was great. Like <laughs> it it was really phenomenal. I I heard some people talk about how like the idea of them kicking out of each other's finishers. Um. I like. I actually thought it made sense, mm-hmm. especially with uh, with uh, Muertes. Yeah, I don't like, mind that if it's not done that often. Yeah, that's the thing. Bring him on. Um, Excuse me. Yeah, I, I have a little thought <laughs> there. Like Muertes has the has the the idea that you know he has the stone that's that's giving him power. So yeah, he 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 may you know he'll be able to kick out of a four fifty. Um, and, and I think the one kick out, the first flatliner that Puma kicked out of, it worked because Puma is a fighter and, mm-hmm. and, you know, he has company, so it does mean something for him to kick out that way. Um, but once the, the top rope flatliner got hit, like, yeah, it's done. Like it's, oh, yeah. you know, uh, and uh, that's the thing. Puma's an amazing wrestler, but he's selling as well. Like the, the first flatliner, how he fucking just landed on his neck. Mm-hmm. God, it was it was really really phenomenal. Just, uh, just uh, if you aren't watching Lucha by now, why? Tell me why because you're wrong. 
And if you yeah. say you don't have the channel, find it. Figure find, it out. Find it on the internet. It, it is worth the it is worth your time to look for this online. Um, but yeah, so we have Mil Muertes um, as the Lucha Underground champion now. The Disciples of Death are the trios champions. Amen. I I this occurred to me earlier this afternoon, and I want to get your take on it. What did Dario Cueto say at the get, that the seven medallions gave the person who held them? That gave them immortality. We're gonna get immortality versus death. Uh, it's like, it's really and even even more so. Like before, we had a thousand lives and a million deaths. Now we yeah. have immortality versus death personified. And keep in mind, this is phenomenal cases of symbolism as opposed to in TNA when Drew Galloway keeps yelling for Eli Drake to stand up or whatever. Like, that, that's the difference. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's subtleties and, and, and stuff like that. Like, that really that really guide this show, I feel. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, now, Eamon, I know it's going to be difficult for us. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the ending sequence after we finish, you know, our bad, our uh, Malo and our Cambio. But Eamon, right. if you had to pick a Malo for this week's uh, Ultimate Lucha, what would it be? Um, unfortunately, as much as I kind of liked how I kind of, I personally kind of liked how he kind of handled the whole situation. Um, my Malo is the Blue Demon Junior Tejano match. Uh, just from the fact that it was, I felt it was too short. Okay, I felt like there should have been more of a match, and then what happened at the end. Okay, um, uh, I. I I get why people are like, uh, why is Chavo and Blue Demon together? You know, but I think I think they are selling the fact that Chavo is like getting in his head well, about I mean, how to be fair, the announcers, as far as we know, have not seen the backstage segments we've seen. That's true as well. Um but they really did but the announcers also did a really good job of selling the fact that Blue Demon was put off by the fact that Tejano claiming that he was Mexico and, and, and all that stuff. And they really did put over the family, you know, you know, the Guerrero, the blue demon, uh, you know, sort of family lineage and how important that played. Um, so I, overall, I like how it ended. I, it was, but it was very clear that this was a case of, well, Chavo got injured. So they had to come up with something else. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, for, for, cause I'm sure they had a very limited time frame between Chavo's injury and, oh, man, we have to wrap this up somehow. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. But overall, I think we did a decent job with it, but I would have wanted a longer, uh, a bit of a longer match. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know you know what wasn't bad about that segment? Those new suits for the crew. Those damn suits. Look at, looking sharp, gentlemen. Looking oh, damn yeah. sharp. In those shoes. If only if only Bale if only Bale was still around to have one of those suits. Oh, he he has a he has a body bag with a tie on it. Um, um me Malo this week, and I I don't know what you think of it, Eamon, but mm-hmm. Michael Chiavello. Um, uh, it, here's my thing with him. I. I, I appreciate what he was trying to go for. I kind of liked his voice in a sense because he was Australian and and brought that kind of like sport kind of flair to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think him and Matt Stryker should have sat down before the show and kind of developed a bit more of a game plan. Yeah, 
Because I feel like in the beginning, you could tell Stryker, who's normally the play-by-play guy, was getting overtaken because his stuff was mostly play-by-play. Mm. And Stryker kind of had to take over the color, in a sense. This, this seemed like one of those Impact episodes where you have uh, Josh and Jeremy Borash on the announce team. Like, yeah. it's two guys who are used to doing the same thing. They have different voices, obviously, but they're but they're both used to t- telling the same side of the story. And, mm-hmm. you know, if Vampiro's going to be the master full-time, I I, th- I think we really need to look into getting someone better on commentary. Yeah. I And I, I don't think it should be a permanent thing. Obviously, with Vampiro out, they'll have to find someone else, I think. For this episode, though, I would have loved. I actually, I know it's a difficult thing to do. I would have loved Matt Stryker doing it on his own. I think I feel he, like he would have been, been able. I feel like he would have been able to. Because mm-hmm. Matt Stryker, Matt Stryker does some dumb stuff, yeah. But he overall, I like his commentary. Like I feel like he does an amazing job of telling a story. Um, uh, I I would have loved to see him go it alone, just to see what it would be like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah. but call, calling a two-hour pay-per-view, I guess that would be difficult for Striker. Mm-hmm. Plus, plus you, it would make it would make it feel like more of a uh, a a full three-hour show if Vampiro just left to get ready for his match, and then Striker was left alone. It kind of yeah. it kind of separated it a little bit more for me, and I don't know, I just didn't. He didn't seem like he knew the product as well as Stryker did, and he, it yeah. felt like he was kind of getting in the way of some of the reactions. There, yeah, there's some stuff where I feel like if he were if he was just briefed better, he would have been he would have done fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, like like some of the story like so, some of the story plot point stuff like if he was just briefed a little bit better, he would have known when to kind of like dial it back. Yeah, on on certain moments. Because um, especially the vampire oh. reveal should have been one of those like, like one one of the, one of the hushed moments. Like, oh my god, like yeah, that, yeah. But I mean, you know, yeah, no, there is a there is an art to letting to letting the action speak for itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel like it's something I I want to see him in season two, and I want to see him just come in with a better game plan. Yeah, if, if, if liked, it wouldn't like, have made sense storyline wise, I would have loved to see Conan with Matt Striker. That's true, uh, but like I said, like I liked his voice. Like I liked his, uh, I liked that Australia, uh, Australian kind of sport style kind of like like soccer, almost like it's, he sounded like a soccer announcer in a sense. Like I kind of liked that aspect of it. Okay. Um, I, I but overall, yeah. All right, uh, now, Amy, I know this is gonna be difficult because we both really enjoyed the show. Obviously, uh, what will be your one combo mm-hmm. this week? My combio is solely from the fa- and it's a selfish combio. Uh, I would have loved a a three hour uh, Ultima Lucha. I would have loved if they didn't break it up into two weeks. Mm-hmm. I, I I feel like it would have also softened the blow of the Blue Demon Tejano match a bit. Okay, if we had like seven amazing, uh, prob- yeah, like seven amazing matches instead of uh, four amazing matches. Mm-hmm. Um. I think I think that would have benefited a bit, um, but hey, I mean, I, I'm still so content with this. Like, this is this was phenomenal. Okay, um, my combio is we didn't get the payoff I wanted 
we like all the backstage segments, and we haven't even talked about them yet. They were fantastic. They they told a, a very fluid story with El Dragon Azteca getting killed on yet another person dying in Lucha Underground. Mm-hmm. Um, but it never translated to a reveal. Like, and yeah. I'm sure that's probably the hook for season two, and I get that. But I wanted something. I wanted a little. Just, and it's again, it's a selfish change. You but, wanted, you wanted to, you wanted to see more Matanza. I wanted to see Matanza. I wanted to see for for this being his biggest show of the year. Dario Cueto was not in the temple. Yeah, that's true. And that kind of bothered me a little bit because he's been the best part of Lucha Underground, in my opinion, the best part. And for him not to be like. Even Vince McMahon said, "Welcome to WrestleMania." Like, I needed Dario Cueto there to say, "Welcome to Ultimate Lucha," or to just maybe like he hears some commotion in the back or something like that. I don't know. Like, even if he just comes out to introduce Ultimate Lucha and he gets attacked by El Dragon Azteca or something, like I don't know. I need. I want those to translate into the in-ring product. That's true, yeah. I, I felt I feel like that is sort of an interesting thing with Lucha because you have I, I don't know who El Dragon Azteca is. Uh, I know uh, the woman who plays Black Lotus isn't necessarily a wrestler, mm-hmm. so I, I I'd be interested to see. Like I, I think it was a case of maybe it'd be interesting to see how you could do that in an in ring environment with someone who isn't necessarily a wrestler. Um, because you can have backstage, you, you you can film the you know these like scenes where she's beating up people or whatever because you know she's an actress or whatever. But you know, I, I think how you translate how you translate that in the ring is is another thing. Because even Dario is slightly different whenever he's on on screen in the ring. Oh yeah, so when absolutely. he is backstage, just because just because you know you're at, there's you're doing it in two different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, in the, in the segments. In the backstage segments, he's a film actor. When he's yeah. on, when he's on stage, he's a Broadway actor. Like you can tell, he's got some training. He may not do Broadway. I don't know, but you can tell he is he's projecting as opposed to internalizing things, which Dario's really good at internalizing things in the segments. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, um, before before we delve into anything we may have missed. Um, after, after Lucha Underground ended, as you know, if you're a loyal fan of Lucha Underground, they have taken the Marvel method of ending their television shows and they put stuff after the credits. Now, um, Eamon, last night I freaked out so much about this that (laughs) I literally broke down every segment that, um, that we had. So. We're going to go through each and every segment and we're, we're going to give our thoughts on it because this, this is the last time we're going to see Lucha Underground for a while, but they're giving us clear directions on where everyone is going. Yeah. All right. So first we go to Dario and he's cleaning out the cash in his office. He's, he's taking everything down. He grabbed his red beetle 
And um, he left and said he had to go build a new temple with Black Lotus riding shotgun in a Rolls Royce and Matanza in a horse trailer that he's already chewing through. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. <laughs> and I mean, just that alone. Like, it's, it, it's really like a, uh, and it, there's such an urgency to it. Like, it, it felt like such a, like, you were on, you, you were on your, on the edge of your seat watching it because it was just so, like, it, it, it they're so, so high paced when yeah, it came like, to, like, the escape. And, like, he was even saying, like, dark times are coming. Like, he saw Mil Muertes win. He's like, oh, we got to get the fuck out of here. Right. That's the go. <laughs> uh, all right. So the next one is Phoenix with his Gift of the Gods championship belt, just ending 80s movie style, leaving the temple in a firebird. Like a boss. Like a fucking boss. And <laughs> just. And anyone who knows Robert Rodriguez knows he's a car guy. That's clearly a Robert Rodriguez shot. Yeah. <laughs> that that's very like if he happened to have um uh Machete riding shotgun with him, I would not have been surprised. Definitely. Um all right, let's see. Did I get all of them? Oh, I think I missed. Well, um, also he was uh as he left the building also, he was followed in a pickup truck. But I, some people said it was Tejano. I don't think it was Tejano. Some people said it was King Cuerno. And I think King Cuerno makes a bit more sense. Um, King Cuerno does make a little bit more sense, but um, I think we might... Matt Carlin's just contacted me, so I think he might actually be available to join us. Oh, let's see if we can get Mr. Carlin's in here. Yes. Uh, so I just, I just sent him an invite to see if he can join us for the final breakdown of Lucha Underground. Because um, we did, I because we did see. Uh, I, I do miss the days of Cowboy King Cuerno. Well, and he, then he, he was, was he was in his cowboy outfit, which he looked yes. damn Boston. He looked super Boston. Um, but uh, we also had the trios team, uh, the Dick Team Dysfunct Trios is what I've yes. called them because I love that name. Um, we got. <laughs> um, fuck, I'm blanking on his name. I'm Angelica. Angelica. He leaves on a motocross bike. And of he course, says, yeah. He says, don't worry, we're going to get those titles back. And, you know, you can't help but believe him because it was a three-on-two advantage. Mm-hmm. Three-on-two. Technically, four-on-two. Technically. And then and uh, Ivelisse is already riding her motorcycle. And Son of Havoc, ever the bitch, <laughs> is told to sit in back of Ivelisse as she drives off on the motorcycle. Keep in mind, Ivelisse, in, in theory, also still has her broken foot. Yes. So she's driving a motorcycle on her broken foot and yeah. isn't going to let Son of Havoc do anything. I, and I'm totally okay with that because it, it kind of... Alright, now is it just me? Do we... Do you think we're getting them as a couple again? Or is Maybe. it just going to be a moonlighting thing? I, 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 it seems that they are very friend. They're much more, all three of them are much more friendly now. So I'm, it could be a, uh, that they're 
the son of Havoc Evilly's relationship gets re-sparked, or it's just a case of all three of them are now finally on the same page. Okay. Um, I mean, either way, I'm good with it, regardless of what they do. Um, now, I believe this is where we had uh, Pentagon. Pentagon yes. and his master Vampiro. And, oh, God. Like, Pentagon asking... Where are we going now, Master? And and Vampiro just responds to a much darker place. Which terrifies me. Yes, absolutely. They, like, they lit a dude on fire. It, it looks like they're about to restart the Dungeon of Doom, only this time for realsies. Like, yes. <laughs> like it was amazing. Like They're clouded in smoke. They may be heading to hell. They may be heading to Transylvania. I don't know where they're going. I'm excited for it. Ugh. I, I think they're heading for gold. I, I think that's what they want to do. I hope so, yeah. Because I could see maybe you get a Puma versus Pentagon for the Gift of the Gods. With with Conan and Vampiro in each corner. Exactly. Exactly. And then maybe once Puma conquers a giant, uh, a giant skeleton ninja, he can go after... Oh, not, not Puma. I'm saying Puma. Phoenix. Mm-hmm. You can get Vamp- you can get Pentagon and Phoenix for the gift of the gods, or you. Can- okay. I don't know. There's so many ways to go. It's gonna be exciting, no matter what. Um, when is season two? We need it now. <laughs> we need it right effing now. Like seriously, you know I'm being serious when I don't say the word fucking and I say effing. All right. Anyway, this was all it. It was all in quick bursts too, and then we get to Mario the Moth, which you already alluded to. Yes. He's got sexy star tied up in a, in a in a cocoon, in a broom closet. Um, he's cutting a promo like the Joker, which is amazing. Yeah, which was really well done too. Like I, like this is th- th- we've established this is a guy that was on like the whatever was the last season of Tough Enough, right? Mm-hmm. Like, holy shit, how they let this guy slip through them, like. I, I, I have no idea. I thought he was the guy that got injured, though. He may have been. A couple I, th- I, think, <laughs> I, think, I think him and Ivelisse were both injured in that season. Yeah. But, um, but even still, like, like, keep a hold of that dude, because God. Yeah, yeah but he, he cut like, a really dark, creepy promo. Like, we're going places in Lucha Underground. Because like, that's the thing... That's the thing with Marty the Moth was that for the for forever he was just like, oh, it's a wet weird guy. He thinks mm-hmm. he's a moth. How funny is that? And he doesn't and then know how moths flap their wings. Yeah, and then, so, then it just turns on an instant, and he's a fucking psychopath. And like Eamon, I love that so much. Amen. He has a sister. He has a sister. Apparently, I'm so excited. I want to know who this sister is. I want her to be dressed like a butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> I want her to be a lucha butterfly. Um, all right, and I believe uh, the second to la- the penultimate scene is we get Drago and Aerostar, former rivals, shaking hands, and then each flying away from the temple because one's a dragon and the other is fucking Iron Man. Yes, I mean, am I am I, I wrong I, I about this? That. Like, like we saw, Dra- like we've seen Drago fly away before with a burst of fire, but 
Aerostar, there were sparks, and he just shot up into the air. Fantastic. Yeah, it's it's just gold. And then, finally, we see the white-hooded gentleman. Not The guy wearing a white sweatshirt with a hood on it. Yes. Yes, I said that completely wrong. Uh, this, this is not <laughs> the Blue Underground playing. takes a turn. Get the Mac <laughs> out of here. <laughs> it took a turn right at the end. This guy killed the Mac. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> he, he, he's actually Hulk Hogan. I'm kidding. Also kidding. Um, he found El Dragon, El Dragon Azteca's mask, and he decided to put it on. And he ended the uh, the series by spray painting a question mark over the Lucha Underground sign. And um, I, I didn't think of this until I read Brandon's um, Best and Worst, but is that a Rey Mysterio bat signal? Oh, that's a good point. I, I did I had never even considered that. I just assumed like what's next for Lucha Underground? But making that a Rey Mysterio bat signal makes all the sense in the world. It really does, yeah. Uh and then you have you have Dario walking out of the temple slowly as the lights fade away. And uh, fucking A, man. When is season two? <laughs> <laughs> Needs to happen now. Yeah. Uh, so, Eamon, um, where where did you rank Ultima Lucha this week? See, I don't know. You see, <laughs> I'm kidding. It's number one. It's absolutely yeah. number one. Um, number one with a flaming vampiro through a table. Yeah, and it's going to be future midweek wars. I'm going to have to challenge myself now <laughs> as far as naming a number one. But no, Lucha has just been so fun and and. I, I've been so happy with the way that it's made me sort of reanalyze professional wrestling. And then they really have given us the alternative. Yeah. I mean, like we, we've been wondering forever now, ever since basically WCW folded up, what's the new alternative? Because ROH tried to be something different and it hasn't really worked. TNA tried to be WWE light. hasn't really worked, but this like, they're treating it like Breaking Bad, like Game of Thrones. Like you're getting in-depth storylines. Like you're not treating your viewers like idiots. This yeah. this is the way to do it. This is this is the alternative. This is the one. This is the thing we've been clamoring for for years. It, it's absolutely. It, I mean, it's not without its flaws, obviously, but it's definitely the direction everyone should be looking at. I can't. I I have to agree. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, Eamon, before before we wrap this up, was there anything else that you want to talk about Ultima Lucha? That we didn't cover. I th- I think we got pretty much everything. But I th- I think we did. Yeah, there was. Yeah, there was a lot of really fun stuff on this show. Um, uh, me and Mike talked. Uh, have been talking. We're hoping uh, of getting the chance in the future to get everyone here on the show uh, and do a big sort of uh, season one. Uh, a, a love session, I guess you could say. An ultima wrap-up, if you will. Yes, uh, where we just talk about all the stuff we loved about uh, Lucha Underground. Because mm-hmm. um, this is, I mean, that's the thing. We It's a, um, it's more than just a good wrestling show. It's something that is, it makes us passionate, I think, in a sense. You know what I mean? It, it really sort of, like, I, like we, I savor watching that show constantly. Like, it, it's, 
it, it's real. It's something beyond just a wrestling show. Yeah, it, it, it's it it's priority viewing. It mm-hmm. for the first time in a long time, wrestling that is priority viewing. That's a that's scheduled appointment viewing. Lucha Underground's at easily. Uh, Definitely. All right. Uh, so. Amen. I, I know we've gone way too long here. We probably can't even post this one to Facebook. But, uh, Sorg hates us right now. Yeah, Sorg, but uh, Sorg understands. It's fine. Uh, where, where can the people on the internet find you, Amen? They can find me on Twitter at Amen2Please. Uh, you can find uh, uh, Inspire Pro Wrestling at Inspire Pro Res. You can find Lucha Underground more importantly at Lucha El Rey. Send them messages and keep telling them to bring back Season 2 and, and do anything you can to support this company because you... They they deserve your support. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tweet them every day, asking where season two is, um, <laughs> and, and I'm not joking about that. Krista Joseph is going to get really annoyed of my daily tweets, uh, <laughs> but um, you can find me at Mad Mike four eight eight three on the twitters um, for all things wrestling mayhem. Go to wrestlingmayhemshow.com, swordtrymedia.com. We broadcast every Tuesday night, and um, yeah. So thank you, Lucha Underground. Thank you very much for this wonderful season of just amazingness and showing us how awesome wrestling really can be if if you allow it if you allow it to bring your viewers into that world. And uh, so for Eamon, this is Mad Mike, and this has been the Mid Week War.